it. I hit record. Live it for the <laughs> bit. Live it for the bit. Is that the opening to our soundtrack that we eventually make? Sounds like an opener. It's like, <laughs> that's like the kids bop version of living on a prayer. Yeah, but this is like, this is our modus operandus for how we do this show. We are living on the bit, the bit, the bit. Living on the bit. Gotcha. That was that, good. Welcome to Sasha waited in the Podlander Drunkcast podcast. Why? What? What do you mean? Should have waited for the beer opening until right at the end. The timing. I was off. My timing I was, was off, off too. You could, you could take me out. On the no, edit. no. I love it. I, I'm saying this is all part of it. They get to see the sausage. Hold on, Julie. What is it? Part of it. Thank you. Welcome to Sauced in Austin, the Podlander Drunkcast podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That's Janine. Hey. And we are doing Sauced in Austin, Volume 1, Imbibe and Prejudice, Chapter 6, Death Comes to Pemberley, Volume 2, for Episode 2 of 3. It is the second of three episodes. Um, I thought this one was great. Me I was, too. I got a migraine halfway through, and... <laughs> And yet, even still, I was like, this is riveting. Oh, God, if you look at me and puke. Like, it's, mm-hmm. very, it's a very good episode. It's a great Lydia episode in particular, I think. What did, how did you two feel about this one? Well, um, I remember that it felt like um, trying to get from A to B. It, was, it uh, felt very um, like transitions or, or links between what we knew in the past to what was going to happen later. Like, it felt like a transition episode to me. Yeah, and you know, like, the problem of a three-episode miniseries, right? That's, like, the first episode gets us, like, back into the world, and we know that the third episode will eventually be, you know, the end of everything. Um, So the problem of the second episode is they have to bridge it. But honestly, I think they, like, it didn't... It's very... I'm aware that it's functionally bridging a lot of things, but it was holding up in its own right, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it makes more sense to talk about this one rather than trying to do like a point by point recap, um, which I mean, obviously is normally what we do. It's definitely something that we could do in this circumstance. However, um, I think instead we should just go through the like the different reveals, the different little bits of evidence that come up. Not all of them. We won't have time for all of them. But maybe if we talk about the big moments as opposed to the narrative, that would be a better for an episode with as much in it as this one. What do you think? I agree. Agreed. Yeah, cool. Totally. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, so maybe a little character by character. Should we talk about Elizabeth, who no one will listen to when she's definitely figured a bunch of shit out? She's just wandering around being right all the fucking time. <laughs> she's just like all over Pemberley just going, someone listen to me. She's got Fuck. Cassandra. She's Cassandra. She said yeah. nobody's fucking believe in her and she's like yes yes i know i know i know and that's just kind of like maybe her fate is lizzie bennett just supposed to wander around being right all the time probably probably except for when she's not obviously yes when when say a certain wickham gets involved yes and it's like uh let me tell you a sad story with my dark eyes Mm. (laughs) although i guess matthew good's eyes are blue god he's good but there's a there's a darkness to the blue it's a dark blue that he, you know what I like about his particular brand of hotness in this is that he does not play Wickham like a likable person, right? Like no. he occasionally will show 
Wickham being charming, and then it's like Matthew Good and everything else that Matthew Good is in. But then in the scenes where he's Wickham, he's like a rabid dog. Mm-hmm. So he's and he is definitely hotter in the scenes where he's not the rabid dog. Agreed. It's very it's it's very cool. It's a really cool performance. It makes me think that he's one of those people like Dan Stevens who maybe would probably have a, a slightly more satisfying career if they were 10% less good looking. <laughs> because they're past this certain threshold. More character roles. He needs yes. more character totally. roles. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I hopefully do, age into him. I do have a funny note about Lizzie going around solving this crime. Great. And it's the scraps of the notes that she got from the fireplace that she saw Fitzwilliam burn a note. So it says, perfect. <laughs> scraps of notes let's bletchly this code bitch nice so there's a moment where she's got all the little perfectly preserved words yeah one word at a time and she's gonna put them together like i used to write col- papers in college <laughs> did you guys ever do that where you would like write just complete rough first draft and then cut paragraphs or thoughts apart and then move them around because i fucking did that shit I remember doing that once or twice and then realizing I'm very bad at that. So I never did it again. Like, no, really um, because I know how to use a computer. But I didn't have one back then. Oh, so this I was, was like, a... yeah. I'm oh. so sorry, Grandma. Yeah. That was, you meant literally cutting things. Yes. I, yep. I, like I, cutting I, out thoughts and moving them around like this to had, read it. Yeah. We just had a generational thing because I just immediately thought of it as cut and pasting on like a Word document. Like mm-hmm. a computer. Well, Back in well. my day, cut and paste meant using scissors <laughs> and also paste. <laughs> did you guys That's know? That's me. Did you guys know the save icon is like <laughs> looks like a floppy disk? People for 3D print that now. You know, it's really weird. What's well, a floppy disk? Yeah, it's a save icon. Oh, <laughs> rage! <laughs> I remember when I got my first <laughs> laptop. Uh, I got a portable floppy disk drive because it didn't have a floppy disk drive on the laptop. It had and a what, CD drive, but not a floppy disk drive. So I had to get a portable oh floppy man. disk drive. Was that when floppy disks were a little bit thicker and like this big? Yes. Yeah, not yeah. the big, not the big. Because back in the day, they were thin and like this big. Yeah, they back in the day they were like square frisbees. And then like way back when a computer took up a whole room. <laughs> Gosh, man. Remember laser, do you guys remember laser discs? Oh, yeah. Neil had one. Neil was obsessed with it when he was a kid. His dad had one. He used to watch The Hobbit on it. The J, the, um, whatever the names of those yeah. an- animators. Baskin, not Baskin. I don't know. I know what you're talking about, though. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Rankin and Bass. Thank you. Wow. The Rankin and Bass Hobbit on it all the time. Wow. I, uh, the only laser disc I knew of was in my elementary school library. Mm. I, I would see it when I have to go there for typing class because we'd have to do typing class on typewriters. Oh, I had to do that shit too. Fucking Christ. Oh, our typing class was on on little Mac classics, the little gray ones. You know what this But like, I had a Bondi Blue at home. Bondi Blue Bondi. iMac. Oh. Fancy. That's my Apple Store nerd coming out. No, it was not fancy. It was the I mean it was fancy because it was an Apple computer and I begged and begged and begged and begged and begged for our family computer to be an Apple computer because brands um and also you know it's very user friendly uh but the bondi blue one was also very pretty and it had a handle on it my dad had one of the first macintoshes that were ever made Ooh, that's cool yeah i remember we had some really interesting games on there but it was like it like he had a laptop that had no desktop like you had to basically type in the codes to be able to ac- access programs and then he had a macintosh that was um 
anyway. That's so death it. comes to Pemberley. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> oh, look at that. How that do we floppy disk, laser disk, see this? Technology. Oh, because she was bletchly, bletchly oh, yes. circling that fucking yeah. code. Yes. Yeah. Um, God, I liked that show a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it is. They're comically small fragments that look like you can. It's like in your mind, you can see the intern that was holding a little lighter to the edges of the paper to make sure that it was just. I bet they had the the scissors that had shapes in it, so they could cut it out, and then they burned into it a little bit more, right? You know what I'm talking Probably. about? The shapes that have like curves on them. Yeah. Well, I want to give it up to the fire in this case that preserves so much evidence. Yeah. Because that fire was very picky about the pieces of paper that it burned. And, and an not, accomplice. Yes. An Reckless accomplice. Predi- prediction. I'm yeah. going to predict that. Uh, our MVP at the end of the episode is the fire that preserved all the evidence, despite the fact that this is a very good episode. I'm calling it now. Another Lizzie moment I really liked was uh, when (laughs) she was walking down the hallway and Darcy was there. And this, I think was after um, uh, Alverston said he was, or Georgiana turned Alverston away. Um, And (laughs) she's like, so did you do this thing uh, about this? Did you make, did you like break Georgiana's heart? And he's like, yes. And she just keeps walking going, "Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm. Fuck you. Like, you can just hear her whisper, but not whisper. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Someone so she's wandering around being right all the time. All the time. Again. Yeah. Um, I do know that the doctor leaves. Finally. Goodbye. Not enough drugs for these no. Bennett women. <laughs> In the world. Right. And uh, is this when we first see Wickham in jail? Is this episode? Is is? Yeah, he's got a scene with Darcy in the jail. Mm-hmm. Um. Where he talks about how he needs a better room, and I'm like, mm-mm, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's also where we start to piece together that, there, that, that there's something amiss, that there's a piece of the puzzle that we don't have. Uh, and it turns out that it's Freddie. Freddie Davenport. So Freddie something with a D. I think it is Freddie <laughs> Davenport. I think it, I've got Del- it written. Oh, it's it's Delancey. 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 But it's very important that the initials be FD like Fitzwilliam Darcy. Which, mm. you know what? Hey, that's more Outlander overlap. Because they're... Oh, nope, never mind. Can't talk about that. Storyline hasn't happened yet. Never mind. Just Fucking ignore everything I said. Speaking of time travel. I don't know what you're talking about at all. Ignore everything mm-hmm. I said. Anyway, um, basically... It's FD so that people will go like, hmm, I wonder if the father of this baby is Fitzwilliam Darcy. So that's why his name was an F and a D, because he's a dick. So we see Louisa carving that into the tree. Did did he tell her to do that? No, she just missed him. I think she just, oh, yeah, but he just gave her the name Freddie Delancey for the yeah yeah, yeah. because because like that was our reveal at the end right where like mm-hmm. we got this inquest was happening and so Dar- Darcy is there with Alverson and Alverson is obviously like putting his best foot forward saying like listen you just basically ruined my life because you won't let me marry your, your sister but like I'll still help you out because I'm a good dude because Alverson's the fucking best yeah. just like Jasper mm-hmm. um, <laughs> who me did you see him do that me. <laughs> um, but yeah, then like, you know, this whole thing is happening, this crazy thing. And we have this kind of side journey where Liz is like trying to figure out this Fred Delancey thing. And Louise is, Louise, 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 Louisa, Louisa, Louisa is like, yeah, Freddie, man, like he's my love. I don't know where he is. And that. Do y'all that remember pl- that there was supposed to be a ball? <laughs> yeah, that's how this all started. 
And it's they got to cancel it. No ball at Pemberley. And I got to tell you that really that's upsetting to all of us viewing. Mm-hmm. Well, right. it's uh, that scene is cool too because Lizzie is so apologetic because she knows how much it's going to suck for these people who've been working their asses off. Be like, never mind. Um, it's very she's very um, empathetic and concerned that they feel respected. And then Darcy is just going to Darcy, and he's like. So someone was murdered. The ball's canceled. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Lizzie's like, thank you for your work. You're great. Thank you. We love you. You're we cool. Love you. You're cool. Sorry, but he's such a dick. You. He's not always such a dick. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't live with him. Can't live without him. No. What are you gonna do? Ah, uh, Pemberley. Ah, uh, Pemberley. Um. And then, I I just have to admit. This episode is kind of a blur to me. I feel like it's one, it's one of those, it's a middle episode. Yeah. And usually that's not quite such a big deal because series are longer. But it, literally it's the middle. It's a middle right. episode that's the actual middle. So we get all of the setup and like all the cool like beginning of the plot moments. And then... Next, we'll get all the resolution, right? Like all of the satisfying conclusions and big reveals and all of that. And here is, it's connecting tissue. So I think it's impeccably acted, but I just don't know. Like, for example, the scene when Georgiana tells Lizzie um, that, no, she's choosing this. She, Mm. what it means to be a Darcy and you have to think of the family. and And that means marrying the creep. Colonel Fitzwilliam, <laughs> instead of marrying her true love, means Alverson, her, her cousin. Yeah, yeah. who who uh, thinks of her as like a baby sister, which is really weird and gross. Well, he was also her guardian. Uh, that's remember? even grosser. <laughs> yeah, they were because he and Darcy were joint guardians after mm-hmm. his dad died. Yeah, no bueno. Um, no bueno. That woman, Eleanor Tomlinson, who plays Georgiana, I think is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're all really great. So I loved that scene, and I think Anna Maxwell Martin is pretty great in this episode, too, just in, like you said, being like, it's, it really is hard to be this right all the time when no one will fucking listen to me. And I, maybe my favorite instance is Darcy is listing off Fitzwilliam's good qualities, and Lizzie is, like, secretive, resentful, and just, like, starts saying... <laughs> that's a pretty sick burn we'll come back to that for the aspen factor that's another one where lazy's like no are we really just not going to acknowledge the truth let's let's be honest she's like no man she's like yeah the the entire subplot of lizzie questioning whether or not darcy still loves her was pretty powerful too like that was a lot that, that was they very- are fighting very prevalent in this episode where she's like, I don't think he loves me anymore. I think he makes, I think he thinks he made a mistake and he's acting that way too. So it's like, not like all in her head because he was being a dick. Um, well, she's got to be afraid because a lot of this wouldn't be happening if her idiot younger sister hadn't married this dick bag. Yeah. There's a, the, the epilogue essentially of pride and prejudice is fixated, not infrequently on, Lizzie's anxiety around Wickham as a continuing presence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's secretly, like it, Austin takes the time to say she's secretly sending them money. Um, they're often at Jane's. There's a really good line about how at one point Mr. Bingley is pushed so far as to say that he might think about telling them that they need to leave soon. <laughs> 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 Which is like, that's he's really been pushed to his limit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that 
that's sort of the primary jumping off point for that relationship, right? Is if, if you're always insecure and anxious about something for over years, it, it must just get worse and worse, right? So mm-hmm. every time Wickham's name comes up, I'm sure there's a lot of tension and they both feel gross and irritated and are short with each other. And it sounds like he comes up a lot. Because so, he keeps bringing himself back in. Because he uh, sucks. And also because Lydia sucks. And they suck in different ways. So it's coming from like different angles. There's a lot of, a lot of terrible Speaking of sucking in different ways, we do have that great <laughs> moment with the Bennetts, uh, oh, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Bennett, where you get to see Mrs. Bennett eavesdropping like a pro, dealing with Jane and Lydia, I believe. And then we ha- we get treated to the tiny little scene of Mr. Bennett and uh, Lizzie in the library, their like favorite habitat to hang out and sling shit at the rest of their family. <laughs> and then they do. And it's cute. And we and like it, that for them. It was a great intro to it too, because she and Darcy were having a fight and then he leaves. And then Mr. Bennett's like, Hey, so I was here. That's right. Uh, <laughs> sorry. That's right. Cause he's in the chair. Uh, like, I didn't know, how, I didn't know right. how to tell you I was here. And I thought I should just not say. <laughs> yes. I, 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 I thought that might be worse. Like, yeah. So I just yes. froze. Just sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that was a great moment. Excuse but they're me, all please. like, they're they're all like fucking. It's like her and her dad <laughs> in the library looking out the window at her sisters, like or, or Jane and Lizzie, uh, Lydia and her mom, like out in the yard doing something, and they're just like trashing <laughs> Lydia and her mother. What you don't see is that the camera cuts away, and then they just dunk on Mary for ten minutes. She's yeah. not even there. They're just like. You want to talk about Mary? <laughs> yeah. Mary. <laughs> Mary. <laughs> it's always fun. Um, the actress who played Jane, we got to we got to see Jane in this episode, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, who is she? I'm looking her up right now. She is, you are probably recognizing her from uh, a pivotal episode of Doctor Who, as I know, a fellow Whovian. Um, which one? She is, the, she's in the... Sound of Drums, End of Time. It's the first master finale in the Tenant. It's the first Sims finale, um, where. Oh. And it's she's his wife, so she comes back again later. Yeah, and she's also this is I also know her from Fortitude, which is a uh, uh, I think it was three season show on Amazon, which is about if this is my fucking niche show. I love crime dramas that are set in a northern isolated winter town and so this is like somewhere in like finland and like it's very good she's in that and she's also very good in that so and what's her name i didn't even look i just got so excited that i saw her in that uh come back her name is alexandra moen m-e-m-o-e-n well, good job. And her entire Jane's entire reason for being is to occasionally come in and give Lizzie some emotional support, and then to take Lydia away. Let's go. <laughs> and she did it so well. <laughs> I know. I mean, there's gotta come a point when Jane's just like, "Fuck y'all. Fuck you. Fuck you, Lizzie. You're cool. Fuck you. Everybody, get the fuck out of my house. I just want to lay here with like a face mask on and not hear my sister or my mother. Right." Here's Maybe. the thing. I don't know. What you don't know about Jane is as a veteran of Doctor Who, she has constant access to the TARDIS. And she went into the future and got a pair of 
AirPods <gasps> and then went Jane. back to the Regency. And she's just got, that's why she wears the big curls over her ears and all the bonnets. It's to hide the fact that she's wearing AirPods. What does Jane Bennett listen to to tune out the universe? Jewel. Of Jewel. course. Totally Jewel. <laughs> I totally mean, that was Jewel. very clear. Yeah, that was very clear. You're right. No, you're, no, you're totally right. She was also in um, The Walking Dead. And which part of this? The Sims. Make that money. Oh, man. She's great. I, yeah. I mean, she was not a major role in this, but she obviously sticks out in my mind. So. Well, she's really good casting for older Jane. Like, yeah. thinking of them all as the older versions of the mm-hmm. characters we've been watching so much yeah. is cool. It's really cool. Um, and she in particular, you're like, yep, that makes, that tracks. Definitely, definitely 10 year older Jane. Um, uh, I also, speaking of the Bennett sisters, we get a lot, a good, you're right. This is a good Lydia episode. She, uh, gets a lot of, um, like, what do you think is going through her mind? Her husband has been arrested and it doesn't like, she has a little bit of a freak out about it, but it kind of feels like. I mean, obviously, everyone is shielding her from the, like, darker aspects of the story and trying to keep a lot of stuff from her and continuing her infantilization, which is so maddening and frustrating. But I think she likes it. So, like, her need for attention is really big in this episode. And the the church scene... mm, The church scene after Wickham gets arrested... And the entire town fucking comes to church for the first time ever. (laughs) Right. And everyone is there and fucking father guilts a lot up in the goddamn pulpit being like, well, it's so nice to see so many of your fucking faces this Sunday. Haven't seen you in two years. Haven't seen you in six months. And she has that big walk down the aisle. She tries to sit in the front pew and they won't let her. Doesn't that happen? I think so. She's like, well, what they I, have family pews, mm-hmm. so it's, she's in the Darcy family pew. And what mm-hmm. I remember about that is, like, as he's doing his Sir Gilts a lot thing, and he's like, "Oh, you've been sick for a while, not today, huh? Okay, yeah." Um, yeah. Then, she, then she's like, "I don't think he's heard about what's going uh, that's on." That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Lydia, oh, forever golden butthole. I feel forever like golden butthole. Such, she's such a good golden butthole. Uh, I feel like at some point someone must have just gone. And also with you, because they were not paying attention. They were just staring at Lydia. Right? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Miraculous recovery, huh? And also with you, <laughs> a mighty fortress is our... It would be I cool. have a note that I think says it all. Stunt queen. Is this Fifi O'Hara? Because that's how I felt about her entrance to that church. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, also, did you notice that the pews, the way that the family pews were set up, look like... Have either one of you ever been to the Publican? Yes. They have, their booths are in old school pig-like shoots. Mm-hmm. Like they're wooden, like that's where a pig would go before it got pushed into the fucking <laughs> abattoir. And these pews really made me think of the booths at the Publican, and I really miss going to fancy restaurants in Chicago. And I miss <laughs> Chicago. Yeah, the boots me made me think of when you're in a musical in high school and they want it to look like you're on a train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's what it made me think of. Like a little wooden box. Get in yeah. here. Ding, ding, ding went the trolley. Oh, God. It's one of those guys. <sighs> um, I mean, I feel like 
I feel like maybe I don't have a ton more to say about this episode. I really feel like it's. We learn about we learn that the baby is the maids. No, oh, yeah, it's, plot and stuff. we learn it's Wickham. So we learn that kind of shit. Well, when Louisa figures when she sees him, that's a great scene. Yes. Oh God, that was such a great reveal, and like the 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 crescendo of everything happening in that moment was really really good. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh shit, oh it's all coming together now. The mm-hmm. inquest seemed like a fucking fun party. Yes. Did that felt like I was at the Globe Theater. Like yeah. what fucking pub in 1700s London had that entire back patio available to them? None. You know it was back there pigs and shit. You know what? Uh, I think we can trace a lot we like, you know, in our theater history classes in, in college and whatnot, we learn about the birth of, you know, like uh theater wagons and all that jazz and like where theater comes from and whatnot. I think what we saw in the inquest was the birth of reality television shows. Ooh. Ooh, see, I think it's talk TV. Sally, that was okay. forerunner to Sally Jesse Raphael. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, Phil yeah. Donahue, bless him. And then later, Maury. And then also, you know, your judges, Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, God, I don't know. I can't think of all of that. The, the People's Court. <laughs> Ba-bum. Yeah. Do you guys remember that shit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the inquest happens and Wickham is gonna go to trial so that's big yeah so that means he stays in jail um i did enjoy though everybody brought a snack and a beer to the inquest (laughs) i think they got free beer yeah yeah just like come on in here um but yeah so we know that georgiana is not gonna be able to marry henry we do know that wickham is gonna go to a real trial and we do know that lizzie is running around being right all the time and her husband's kind of being a dick and inflexible right now yeah yeah. And uh And we know magi- they have a cute kid. Yeah. Very cute kid. And the magistrate's mm-hmm. kind of being a dick the entire time too, which was He's just kind of, kind of a dick. Yeah, you're just being a dick. Just really being sexist the entire time. Being like, don't bother women with this stuff. They don't know. Mm-hmm. Fucking ass wife. All right. That's really all I've got. That's it. All right. Well let's yeah. uh let's do our things. We keep calling them scales, but for this they're not actually scales. Yeah. Let's do our categories. So um uh, the Aspen Factor. What's your favorite shady moment? Mm. I think mine is um, Lizzie's walk past Darcy, where it's like, did you do the thing you said you were going to do that I said was a bad idea? And he goes, yeah. And she goes, hmm. And, keep, <laughs> <laughs> and keeps walking. Oh, that was good. Uh, I'm, I'm going with when Lizzie is like, um, if it, Darcy is listing all of Colonel Fitzwilliam's good qualities. And she's like, sacredive, resentful. Argumentative. <laughs> mm-hmm. This was he's, a really. The, he's got a weird ear thing. Mine is when the buff muffer at the inquest uh, tells people to go talk to each other to say whether or not this should presume to go, move forward to trial. And he goes, preferably not at the bar. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Uh, who's your golden butthole? Lydia for life. Yeah. Forever. Lydia. What a butthole. Just a butthole. I'm trying to... You know what? I'm going to give Darcy a butthole on this one. He mm-hmm. is a butthole. He's being a big butthole. Like, he we is. thought he got over it after Pride and Prejudice. No. Nope. He's a hot butthole. Yeah. He's so hot, he gave me a migraine. <laughs> I don't think I've mentioned that. <laughs> he was so hot, he gave me a migraine. Like, it was so very obvious that Georgiana, her heart was someplace else. Just a butthole. Yes, anyway. just a real butthole. Um, I'm, I'm also going to say Lydia. 
like a really fantastic butthole. Um, and I might also have Jenna Coleman as my MVP. I'd give, yeah. She, she went pretty hard in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, they're all pretty great. It's a great Darcy mm-hmm. episode. It's a great... Oh, it's a great little um, hot blonde lawyer. What's his guy? What's his name? Henry. Henry Alverson. Henry Alverson. Yeah. Um, he's very good in this, too. His The breakup scene is really... Oh, it, yeah. Get, it'll get you. Oh, that, like... And I know I gave the MVP uh, in our last episode uh, to um, the cinematographer, I think, because it was so pretty. Um there was some like that breakup scene and then the slow pan back down and you just see the two stewards in the back and Georgiana's like crying on the ground. I'm just like, this is like, yeah, that is a beautiful shot. Fucking painful. Holy moly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you get up to get a drink? I did because I had to take medicine. So I got up to get a drink of water and some painkiller because of the migraine that I got because of how hot Matthew is. I I didn't. I don't uh, know. No, I didn't. Great. Yeah. Uh, am I forgetting a category? Costumes. Mm. Mm. I definitely I have thoughts on costumes. Totally. I don't know if I actually wrote any costume notes or anything stood out to me, but I will say that I always enjoy it when a, a period piece like this, that's usually set in a manor or in the upper class does go into town and we get to see normal people. So the big inquest with everybody at the bar and like peeking in to see what was going on, you know, th- just seeing normal people's clothes. That's always fun to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was, it's, I was thinking about the costumes from, um, Louise's family. What's what's her last name? The Birdwells. Bidwells. 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 Yeah, Bidwells. Um, because we have that. We we have that really quick shot of um, poor, sad, sick Will um, peeking through the window when Lizzie shows up to try to see her friend, and she's not allowed. Um, I liked, I liked all of those costumes because they looked like they were garments that were very well cared for, that were noticeably less fine than mm-hmm. all of the other clothes that we've been seeing. Yeah. Right? Like, they weren't... They were meant to look really clean and respectable and um, Mm -hmm. well-maintained, but nowhere near as expensive as the things that we're seeing on basically all the other characters, which I think is really cool. Yeah. It seems that the uh, costume designer for this show did a really good job of um, wear, right? Like, the wear and tear thing you're describing. Because I think in the first episode, we were noticing Colonel Fitzwilliam's jacket and like the tanning of it how it looked as if he had mm-hmm. been sweated or like the sun had beat down on it they did a great job with doing that yeah you're right great. I'm with them that. Yeah. Um, well I think that that's going to do it for us for episode 2 of Death Comes from Everly yeah yeah that's everything yeah. isn't it yeah. um, next we're going to be talking about Death Comes to Pemberley episode 3 uh, that's going to be really fun uh, we want to thank Everybody for listening. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast. You can find us on Twitter at podlandercast. You can find us on Patreon where you can get information about our Friday lunch breaks, our live watches on Sunday, our Janine's Corners, various and sundry other fun things. Um, and that's patreon.com slash podlandercast. Thank you to all of our patrons. We would not be able to do the show without you, but we specifically want to thank the following folks. Maddie Perkins, Snazzy Knack, 
Julia Gulia, Kathleen Martini, Lauren Tennant, Kelsey Kemp, Madison Johnson, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tegason, Tina Barnett, The Other Janine, Kristen, Freckled Fury, Amelia Bazell, Liz Pen- Liz and Tinkerbell, Stella Welch, Chrissy Shively, Claire Feeney, Kayla Reagan, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smizadaza, Heather Robbins, Jerry Hurdle, Brittany Holbert, Emily Carlson, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazella, Maria, Chantel Soldiers, Mary the Falling Statue, Philip Nako, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Polkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirshner, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCurry, Dr. J, Jen Linda Drinklin, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and Kiki the, the Wise. wise. Uh, thank you so much for everything, and we will see you next week for our next episode, and uh, uh, I hope that you enjoy that one as much as we did. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>